spinning up. I was going to say, actually, it'll start whenever this thing decides that it will. <laughs> and welcome to The WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a terrific show for you guys today with all kinds of great tech news. This just in, AMD's Ryzen 5000 series is rumored to be able to hit as high as 6 gigahertz when it's overclocked. Whoa. When will AMD stop? When will they take away the pain? In other news this week, Microsoft strikes a profit-sharing deal with GameStop. We don't have a ton of details as to like how exactly this arrangement works and whether or not it will keep GameStop's bloated corpse from finally sinking below the surface of the lake. But uh, hey, you know, if I was GameStop, I'd be willing to do just about anything to stay alive too. What else we got, Luke? Uh, NVIDIA is no longer going to be selling 3000 series cards direct online. What? I wonder if this will uh, transition into future releases as well. But how also, will people get Founders Edition? Uh, um, we'll talk about that later. Also, AMD motherboard with a soldered A9-9820 to offer performance comparable to the Xbox One S. Interesting. Wait, what? What is I this I don't thing? know why that matters what but it's in the dock and we'll talk about it later fantastic <laughs> oh tldr it's probably the xbox one soc interesting ah. well then how about that Oh dude, I forgot to put the um I forgot to put the thing in there. Yeah, I didn't put yeah. the lower thirds, so I guess we're just gonna have to skip that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Alright. Oh, sorry, got a little bit of a bug there. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> I love this thing so much. <laughs> All right, why don't we jump right into it with NVIDIA no longer selling 3,000 3, series cards direct online. So this was originally posted by PC Mag and Tom's Guide. And basically, if you wanted to buy an NVIDIA Founders Edition card, well... I guess you're just out of luck. Um, because NVIDIA is not going to be selling them on NVIDIA.com. The only way to get one will apparently be through Best Buy in the USA with Best international Buy. outlets not yet revealed. You know what? That's not as surprising as you might think, because as I recall, when NVIDIA first introduced their Founders Edition cards, which would have been... Was, was that 700? Maxwell? Oh, was it before that? Dang, I can't remember when they transitioned from Founders Edition or from reference cards to Founders Edition cards. Yeah, was, I'm not 100% sure. Was it 900 series or 1000? Must have been Maxwell. I don't know. Maybe it was before that, actually. Was it 6, 680? Ah, yeah, I don't remember. But NVIDIA did experiment with making those cards exclusively available at Best Buy. That was one of the first. In fact, I think that was before they were even selling direct on NVIDIA.com. I believe Best Buy was the first place that you were able to get a built by NVIDIA card. And I remember it being like a big 
hubbub in the industry because AMD famously transitioned from building built by ATI at the time, built by ATI hey. cards. So you could buy a, like a first party card to no longer providing those and leaning on their add and board partners. And then NVIDIA, who had traditionally never provided a built by NVIDIA card and had always had add and board partners, now was all of a sudden transitioning to their own built by NVIDIA cards, these, these founders edition cards. <laughs> And um, there was a whole bunch of upset about, well, okay, NVIDIA is just trying to salvage, well, not salvage, trying to grab even more margin for themselves. Because if there's anywhere from 5 to 8% profit in a card like an RTX 3080, let's say, for example, at each, the add-in board partner and the retailer level, well, hey, that's NVIDIA effectively making anywhere from 10 to 15% more per card on the ones that they sell for themselves. So it creates a bit of a conflict of interest because if NVIDIA's partners are relying on them to fairly distribute allocation of these hot chips that everybody wants and are basically like printing money at this point, like the more of them NVIDIA can make, the more money everyone in the ecosystem can make. Um, and NVIDIA is the one responsible for doing it. So if they have this incentive to take them all for themselves and just sell them themselves for more profit, then you know why would they send, you know, MSI or ASUS or EVGA's full allocation to them. Why wouldn't they just hold some back for themselves? Yeah. So um, Best Buy has been uh, well, a more... One quick thing just to, yeah. just to insert. Apparently it happened a lot later than I remember it happening. Um, I think that's just because the, the visual style didn't change much, but uh, it was uh, 1, 1000 series cards. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, I guess that does kind of make sense. Okay. Once I like saw the article, I was like, oh yeah, okay. I just, I thought it happened earlier than that. Yeah, I thought there was one before that too. I thought there was like a, like a 760 or something like that, like much earlier. I, I thought it wrong. was 700 series as well. So maybe we're, we're tripping on something, but I'm founding articles about like, what the heck is a founder's edition card? And they're talking about the 1070 and 1080. Got it. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay, why don't we uh, have a look? So why? Why would NVIDIA stop selling themselves? Because like I said, obviously they make another, you know, five to seven or maybe even 8% profit if they just sell the Founders Editions through their own website. The reason is that they have basically thrown in the towel and said, well, we, we just can't, <laughs> shucks, we just can't figure out how to do this. Uh, without letting the bots get all the graphics cards. So we're going to leave it to the professionals here. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if in the future, NVIDIA went back to selling Founders Editions through their own site once the demand dies down a little bit. But for now, they're going to leave it to Best Buy because Best Buy has been overall a more reliable storefront for card sales when compared to NVIDIA. Although it should be noted that that's not by a huge margin. A recent restock saw Best Buy's 3080 Founders Edition card staying available for only several minutes. <laughs> so none of this is the ideal situation for NVIDIA, but um, if they're going to come out and say that they want to make an earnest effort to eliminate bots, or not eliminate, but you know, minimize the effects of bots and scalpers on availability of RTX 3000 series cards, then they're going to have to put their money where their mouth is and take a bit of a, a hit to their profit in order to make sure that customers are actually getting their cards. 
it'll be really interesting to see how all of these shortages play into AMD's upcoming launch. I mean, we know Big Navi is coming yeah. in, in the coming weeks here, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me, based on what AMD has done for their past cards, if we saw a hard launch with availability, and if AMD manages to pull that off, and they're even remotely competitive... They I might mean, get a lot of sales just because people can't even buy the other things. Yeah, just because NVIDIA can't ship a graphics card to save their life. It's a pretty interesting concept, but I could definitely see it. Like, I, I know I have a few friends that are looking to get 3000 series cards um, and and they, they've been struggling and not succeeding. So it's interesting. This is a great comment from Ninja Man Away over on Floatplane. I've never understood why people would buy a Founders Edition card rather than a third-party card when the third-party cards are normally better. Wonderful comment. So there's a couple of things here. The Founders Edition or back in the day, the Reference Edition cards were typically the like minimum but still decent board spec to build a graphics card based on that GPU. They'd have no frills or, or extra gimmicks or anything like that. Typically no RGB lighting, um, no factory overclock to speak of because they were, they were meant to be representative of the, you know, NVIDIA approved experience. One thing if I can insert is also before this generation, uh, well, and I guess it, yeah, before this generation, because of the swoop swap, um, they, they were also blowers. Yes. Which in some cases, people like really wanted that due to certain airflow restrictions, et cetera. Sorry, keep going. So if you had a small form factor case back in the GTX 1000 days, then you might have wanted uh, like a Founders Edition style card because it's the only way to keep your other components from getting suffocated. With RTX 2000, well, that option went away anyway and nvidia's founders editions moved to like a two fan um sorry whatever the opposite of a blower style is so the one that just recirculates hot air in your case it's escaping me at the moment doesn't matter it's really not the point oh yeah they did yeah never mind. Yep. Right. so that was with rtx 2000 um now with rtx 3000 nvidia has actually positioned the founders edition cards as less of a baseline for performance and more as a premium option making them not only priced higher than the cards that you would buy from the likes of an asus or msi or whatever else actually last gen they were priced higher if i were actually i think they've founders edition has always been more expensive just yeah, because that yeah. cooler costs so much to make yeah, um, like one thousand series was i think a hundred dollars higher on the 80 and i think it was like 60 or 75 dollars higher on the 70. So they're not only priced higher because of their fancy, pretty cooler, but NVIDIA put a ton of work into making the RTX 3000 Founders Edition cards um, really awesome, actually. Like, okay, there's a couple things here. One, the first-party NVIDIA cards did not have any of those uh, black screening issues that plagued some RTX 3000s. And two, the cooler on them is actually outstanding. The way that it not only helps keep the card cool, but also helps cool your system. And I don't have any third-party confirmation of this, but what it looks like to me is that NVIDIA is creating yet another rift with their partners by offering cards that um, their partners don't have any realistic expectation of properly competing with. Like, did you see NVIDIA's video about what went into the design of the thermal solution for the RTX 3080? 
Yeah, and I I do also agree with what you're saying. It's it's an interesting position, um, and I I, th I think it's a much more attractive play to pe people purchasing cards than than previous Founders Editions offerings. Absolutely. Uh, but what happened was they gave themselves an extremely unfair advantage. Yes. NVIDIA, obviously, the way that those guys hold their cards so close to their chest, I pretty much guarantee you that their partners had the minimum, minimum possible amount of time to work on their, uh, to work on their board designs for these new chips. Whereas NVIDIA was sitting there with first-party knowledge throughout the entire development process of this product, knowing, okay, hey, We've got a, a 400 watt problem to solve. You know, how can we solve it? If I'm Asus or if I'm EVGA or I'm Galax or whoever else, you know, yeah. I'm going, okay, sorry, what? I have a 400 watt problem to solve? Like, uh, 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 and I'm scrambling, right? Like, I'm putting it, I'm just putting a giant vapor chamber and a giant heat sink on it. And I'm otherwise going with a, a pretty traditional board design. If I'm NVIDIA, I go and I create this fancy pants, special angular board and this like flow through design for my cooler that nobody can reasonably be expected to compete with until they've had another probably six months, realistically, like six yeah, to 12 months to, yeah. to come out and build something similar to. And just like we've seen in previous generations, with all the minds that go into this at NVIDIA's add-in board partners, someone is going to create something that is super cool and and totally unlike the, the the reference or founders edition card but if they don't have the time to do it it's it's not reasonable to expect them to be able to so at launch man the uh the founders editions honestly look pretty good this time around except that unfortunately with this announcement that nvidia.com will no longer be selling them comes the unfortunate news that uh, Europeans or anyone outside of the U.S. who can't just walk into a Best Buy will simply not be able to buy them. Oh, my God. Whoops. I didn't think about that part. Whoopsie-daisies. Um, yeah, DigiDude512 in Floatplane Chat brings up another great reason why people like Founders Edition or reference cards, and that's that generally they're the first to get water block support because of how common they are compared to, say, a Strix or an ARS card. With that said, the situation is totally improving. Uh, the first block we were able to get our hands on was actually an EK1 for an ASUS Strix RTX. Um, that is for the 3090. Uh, actually, I think, yeah, no, it's compatible with the 3080 as well. Yeah, so I think they use the same board design, or at least DK thinks they do. And we did manage to put it on a 3090 with some small modifications. So uh, <laughs> it seems like, uh, it, yeah, it seems like it's getting quite a bit better. And so many of the board... Uh, so many of the board makers actually do their own water blocks now, like EVGA does, or they have partnerships with brands like uh, EK, um, that it's less of an issue today than it used to be. So says, says, but the Founders Edition cards are not reference cards this year. Yes, that is true. The Founders Edition cards are not reference cards. To my knowledge, there isn't really a reference card that anyone outside of you know maybe a board partner would have seen even yeah um all of the rtx 3080s and 3090s that i've seen from different manufacturers have been completely different boards 
Uh, unless, I, unless I'm wrong, unless there is a reference board that I'm not aware of. So guys, feel free to let me know in the float plane chat. I'm, I'm looking into it. I, I haven't heard of anything and I don't see anything immediately, but yeah. In the meantime, why don't we jump into the Microsoft GameStop deal that seems to be kind of yeah. like a kind of a last ditch effort to stay alive for GameStop. I actually think this makes a ton of sense though. So the original article here that uh, we read through was on Ars Technica, good article, uh, GameStop will now get a share in the lifetime digital sales revenue for any next-gen Xbox console sold through its stores. And it's not like there's no precedent for... The, actually, here, for, hold on. Let's talk through the rest of the thing first. So this includes for full game downloads, DLCs, microtransactions, TV and movies, and subscription plans. Now... GameStop, at the time of us uh, making our notes here, had yet to respond to a request for comment from Ars Technica, and Microsoft declined a request to comment from Ars Technica. And so that leaves everyone pretty much kind of guessing at what exactly is going on here. Um, some analysts think that the size of the cut it would be less than 1%. Um, some are saying somewhere between 1% and 10%. Um, you know, some are saying, you know, I don't believe that it would be a bigger cut because, you know, what's Microsoft's incentive here? I don't see, you know, how, you know, what, if they don't have this, are they going to sell fewer Xboxes? Um, but honestly, I, uh, I think this makes a ton of sense. And I think if I was Microsoft, I would be super into a deal like this. Although it does sound like PlayStation is potentially also having conversations about doing more or less the same thing, which I'm sure they heard of this partway through the conversation and were just like, well, I guess we're doing that because you, as, as dying as GameStop is, you can't just let your competitor have that type of deal because it would incentivize uh, GameStop to drastically push one console over the other. So PlayStation is going to respond. One quick thing. I can just interject here is while the Founders Edition is not on a reference card, uh, there is reference boards and the 3080 and 3090 share reference board designs as confirmed by EK Waterblocks. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure who, if anyone was using them though. Yeah, I, not entirely sure, but... Um, Sweet. Sounds like there is at least a reference board design. Yeah, maybe the more basic cards. That makes sense. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, all right, so back to back to our notes for this one here. Um, now, there are some more obvious benefits for Microsoft that are part of the deal. So GameStop will commit to use Microsoft's cloud products and tablets in their stores, as they announced last week. And um, there's some sort of analysis here that that could make Microsoft look better to shareholders with cloud revenue from GameStop. I don't know what kind of shareholders think they GameStop using a Surface tablet as an employee device like matters a f at all, but sure, whatever floats your boat. Um, for me, honestly, I think this is quite a bit simpler than some of the other takes that I've seen so far. I think this is just, even, even if Microsoft knew that Sony was going to turn around and make the exact same deal, making this pretty much status quo, like 
on the one hand, yeah, like, yeah, Microsoft, they're going in there. They're going to give a profit share to GameStop so that GameStop is going to push Xbox really hard. People are going to come in, try and buy a PlayStation 5. They're going to they're gonna hide them. They're going to lock them away. They're going to make them leave with an Xbox. Like, at the end of the day, most gamers already know what they're walking in for. And yeah. at the end of the day, there's no way that Sony wasn't going to counter a deal like this. So if I'm Microsoft... Um, I probably, I'm already playing, whoop, I'm already playing 4D chess with Sony at this point, you know, I'm, so I'm looking two moves ahead 4D chess. I already see that coming. I know that my, my cloud infrastructure or whatever is a huge benefit for me with project X cloud, um, a row, uh, just c way more robust system for, uh, digital content delivery, all that so kind of stuff. More digital sales. So I'm expecting a ton of digital sales. I know that ultimately this is all going to be like a war of attrition. And I know that if we're both making the same deal with GameStop, I'm in a better position to deliver on this promise in the longer term. It's going to actually cost me less. The other thing that if I'm Microsoft that I'm considering is like, I don't actually want GameStop to go out of business. Think about that for a minute. Maybe I'm making this deal because I actually think it's, a good thing for like how many stores does GameStop have like thousands maybe I think it's actually a good thing for remember we're talking consoles as a service is the way that Microsoft is going here maybe I think it's a good thing to instead of going and trying to you know build a network of carrier stores like the mobile device industry has done you know, whether you're t-mobile or uh your verizon or at&t or whatever the case may be instead of doing that why don't i just basically take an infrastructure that already exists take a business model that we already know works where the store sells the hardware and then they get a recurring fee on any subscription revenue or any transactional revenue so potentially this could be quite a generous fee and that yeah. keeps my distribution network alive not everyone is going to buy online not and, everyone and there's even like there's there's even the value of like the the classic story where you you go to the you go to the mall with your partner and they want to go buy whatever and you're walking around bored and you just Go buy an Xbox game. That's right. Every time. That's right. right. Like, even if you don't buy something, it's it's in Microsoft's best interest for that store. It's in Microsoft and Sony's best interest for that store to survive. It's it's basically a marketing exercise. A GameStop yes. to me, if I'm Microsoft, a GameStop is a free billboard. Yes, actually, it's and like having having your game on the shelf or having your console on the shelf or behind the desk or whatever is super valuable. If I yep. walk into a GameStop or it's uh, EB Games up here, I'm usually not going to buy something, but I'm going to look around and I'm going to check like, oh, what, what new games came out for like for Switch or something? Because I don't exactly. really stay on top of the news for that. But a whole shelf of games in front of me is very in my face when I'm bored in the mall looking for something to do. And I might as well look at some games. I'll often just like look at the wall of games and then see anything that looks interesting and then Google it while I'm standing there. And see if there's any like more details. So like they, they want these stores to survive. So it, even if like it doesn't necessarily make a ton of financial sense in direct ROI, yes. it, it's great marketing. So. Exactly. And like think about it. If all Microsoft wanted to do was sell Xboxes at launch, right? 
Well, there's any number of partners, you know, there's, there's your, your best buy or there's, I mean, screw it. When, when demand is high for Xboxes, you know, you could sell, they could sell Xboxes at corner stores and they would, they would move through them all. But name someone other than GameStop, who's not going to be focused on something else six months later. Microsoft needs partners to still exist who are going to be pushing Xbox in five years or six years when the Xbox, whatever completely bass-ackwards name they give it, the next one is about to come out. When when Skyrim definitive long-term reach Platinum Edition gets launched... NVIDIA needs, or NVIDIA, Microsoft needs somebody to care about that and push yeah. the product. So, yeah. so if I'm Microsoft, I don't want GameStop to go away. I think it's that simple. And back to what you were saying about GameStop being a store that you would just kind of wander into at the mall. I challenge you. You have, uh, I'm starting my timer oh boy. in five seconds. You have 30 seconds to name one other store in a mall that you would walk into. Go. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know you got uh, 20 more seconds go for it uh atmosphere atmosphere okay all right That's so it. outdoor outdoor it like apparel. Really long time to remember the name but it has happened okay it has happened at least once but i i'm gonna start with game with uh, eb games and then if i see everything and am like wow i it's just awkward that i'm still in this store i would wander around until i found atmosphere Yep. So you know what's funny? I was actually at the mall with the wife. We were trying to get some... uh, She was helping me buy her birthday present because I'm a pathetic, terrible husband. (laughs) Look, she, I knew she wanted clothes and there is no point buying a woman clothes without her just trying it on. You did did the right move. So I wanted the kids to have something to give her. We also did something homemade and thoughtful. And she told me she was very impressed with the bubble letters that I drew on the kid's card for them to color. Okay. Look, bubble letters is not easy for me. All right. (laughs) I did bubble letters. She knew that was a stretch for me. She recognized the effort. I think I remember this. For some reason, we had to do bubble letters back when we, we worked out of the old house. And I remember there being like a whole thing about that. Yeah. Like Ed had to do it or something because yeah. you and I both sucked. <laughs> yeah. Bu- bubble letters is not easy for me. So anyway, we we did the homemade thing and I, I put in the actual like effort, but I wanted the kids to just have like a gift to give her along with the card. And so uh, for the first time ever, I bought something at Lululemon, which was interesting. Shorts are 60 Canadian dollars. So that's a thing. Yeah, that's like forty-five U.S. dollars. That's uh, she. She was like freaking out about it because she's like, the, the I, 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 for the price of one of the, we got two pairs of shorts, so it was like a hundred and thirty dollars after tax. And she was like, for the price of one of these pairs of shorts, I could completely replace like my entire bottom half like wardrobe at the price that I normally buy things at. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing, hun. Um, we found something that fits in a store that was nearby. And we could either spend the next two hours walking around this mall, or I could pay myself $60 an hour to go do something else and not still be shopping in this mall effectively. But anyway, it's it's probably more comfortable and it's a birthday thing and whatever. The rest of that story is, oh, they're all right. I don't know, man. Uh, The rest of that story is the one other store that I happened to walk into, Atmosphere. 
Because hey. I was like, yeah. oh, this is kind of a cool looking store. I didn't buy anything. Because like, yeah, so, whatever. So we have the... <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but oh, I did walk really into funny. it. I did walk into it. We've got people... Yeah, in like, the... yeah I don't know. I usually do like a, 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 a like one kind of slow walk up and down every aisle-ish and then just leave, but... Uh, all right, cool. So, uh, <laughs> float plane Chad, oh, why do shops a Lululemon? Ah! Yeah, I, I don't, I still, for myself, I still don't own a single Lululemon garment. Say, yeah, probably not. James but. has been trying to get me to wear their clothes basically since the day he started. He's like, why do you dress like a homeless person? Like, other than my LTT store stuff. And I'm like, well, because LTT store hasn't made all of the products that I need to dress myself yet. <laughs> We're gonna have to just do joggers or something at some point, so that I have pants to wear that are that are. I've not... actually, I I, th I think I have nothing to do with it, so I don't know why people ask me so often. But I think I've had more questions about when are you guys gonna release some form of sweatpant than than any other potential products. I've had that question a lot. So part of the problem is that we have a lot of internal conflict over what type of pants to do. Jeans are basically going to be impossible for us. As far as I can tell, you need a team, like yeah. an enormous team of people to like figure out how to do jeans. It is not simple. It's a very yeah. difficult garment. Um, so we're, we're not doing that, even though I'm a jeans wearer and I'd love it if we had like some really nice jeans. Um, sweatpants <laughs> were torn because Nick and Lloyd want to do something that's more like a trendy sweatpant, like a jogger type pant. And I'm like, no, nah, if we're going to do sweatpants, let's do like some comfy sweatpants, put like LTT across the bum. You know what I'm talking about? Like <laughs> nice, <laughs> like that kind of sweatpants. So basically yeah, as far as, sweatpants. Yeah, as far as I can tell, uh, we have no sweatpants because Lloyd refuses to design mine and I refuse to green light his. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're at an impasse. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, the, the recent sweater non hoodie thing. Yes. Like, just super similar to that. Like same color, similar material, but with LCT on the butt. Just, just <laughs> I was even thinking, just like like same idea of the like really small branding, but yeah, okay. Bird. Nope, nope, big branding right across the butt. That's that's what I want. That's what I'm all. That's what I'm all into here. All right, why don't we jump into our next topic? Um, iPhone 12. Apple released new iPhones: the 12, 12 Mini, 12 Pro, and 12 Pro Max. Wow, that's a lot of iPhone. All four variants will come with Apple's new A14 Bionic SoC. As far as I can tell, this is the first 5 nanometer chip that is commercially available. It's got six CPU cores, about 17% faster than A13, and four GPU cores that are about 20% faster than A13. So it should be the fastest phone on the market, pretty much by a country mile. Not that that honestly makes much of a difference to me these days, um, other than my review of the new Z Fold 2. I guess it's like new-ish at this point. I got it really late, and I wanted it to be like a, like a really daily driving it review. Um, so it's going to be even later. So other than reviewing that, which I don't think I'm going to be able to daily drive because YouTube Stories is still not fixed with it. And there's like other bugs. Like every time I try and post to Instagram, it double posts and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So yeah. if not for that, I'm still daily driving a Note 9, which is like two-year-old phone. Has a 16... I'm, I'm still running a Pixel 2 XL. Heck yeah. And yeah, the Pixel line is particularly interesting because they have not only peaked in terms of performance, they're actually headed back down with the latest Pixel 5. 
Yeah, I, I know you asked me a, a week or two ago, and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty solid on 4A 5G. I need a new yeah. phone because my phone is like having notable issues, like the proximity sensor and stuff. I like I can't even have my SIM in that phone anymore because I can't do phone calls. But um, well, phone calls yeah. on a phone. Ugh. Surely you mean playing Raid Shadow Legends on a phone. Raid Shadow Legends. Um, so blah, 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 neural engine process 11 trillion operations per second. All of them are 5G compatible with millimeter wave supported in the US and then sub six gigahertz globally has smart switching to save on battery life and MagSafe is back. That's pretty cool. Sort of, I guess. I, I like MagSafe. Yeah, it's like a thing. So here's something I find a little bit confusing about it. Do they really want me to put my phone like screen down on things? Cause I don't like that. I think they do. Cause don't they have some usability features like screen down silences it or something? Um, I mean, I, that kind of stuff has existed for a long, long time. Like I remember getting a briefing on like the galaxy S four or something like that, that had a feature. Oh, no, yeah. you can, I, like, I, I'm just, just saying like, like, I think they do intend for you to have it faced uh screen down. Something. I've just but. never given any Fs about that because why on earth would you do that? That is the fastest. I agree easiest way to scratch the heck out of your phone screen for no reason like just don't all it takes is one like micro grain of something and some idiot to like walk past and bump your phone and it to scratch across it and you've got like a gouge out of your screen like that's really dumb um so yeah it allows for perfect charge coil alignment which is pretty cool I haven't played around with it yet. Maybe I'm going to play around with it and I'm going to be like, this is so cool because the magnets are like hella strong and you'll be able to buy like desk mounted pads and you just like basically kind of chuck the phone towards it and it's like, whoop, you know that. It's like, and it like lines up perfectly. That'd be pretty cool. Like MagSafe. That would cause other issues. Perfect mating, you know, like MagSafe condom. Magnets to get everything aligned, you know? You have a keyboard with like a, a, a real nice plate in it and your keyboard just like slowly travels across your desk over time. <laughs> yeah, probably not happening. Um, the Pro and the Pro Max have LiDAR sensors built into the camera array so that you can get better autofocus and dim conditions. So that's pretty cool. And for augmented reality. <gasps> Ooh, speaking of augmented reality, I will stop just doing my, you know, obligation of going through the iPhone 12 launch information. And I will talk about something actually exciting. I got okay. the new Mario Kart today oh nice nice and and because i'm never one to do it halfway uh well actually sometimes we do it halfway it's called short circuit um so <laughs> we were debating james and i were going back and forth for probably like five minutes which channel does this thing go on if we were just going to unbox the one nintendo sent us and just like kind of try it for two minutes then okay. short circuit if we okay. were gonna like if we were going to, like, I don't know, run it through a car wash or something and see which one is the last one to outright die, you know, <laughs> then it's channel super fun, right? Sure. If we were going to try to, you know, stretch the limits of the technology and spend a bunch of time on it and, like, you know, get four of them and do, like, a like an epic head-to-head -head race, then eh, it's still not really an LTT, but boy, is that a lot of work. Yeah. So we decided to do an LTT anyway, even though it's like kind of off topic for us. 
and I've got a pretty epic prize that is going to make this video worth watching, I think. So James is going to work on the technical details of like, you know, making sure that there's an, an educational factor. And But I mean, Nintendo's such a closed book. I don't know how much or how little they're even going to share with us about, you know, how they got the latency so yeah. low or whatever, right? They might just be like the secret Japanese engineering. Don't don't worry about it. Um, so that's possible. But we'll, we'll get you guys whatever we can. And then the tournament is going to be, or we're going to do a Grand Prix, obviously. So we'll do a Grand Prix and I'll be racing against a few people who volunteered for the video today. Um, and the winner is going to get three days vacation. <laughs> the runner-up will get one day vacation so with the stakes so wow. high oh and if i win i don't i do not give out any vacation so, <laughs> the, so they, even the runner-up doesn't get anything either uh the runner-up would get one yeah oh, okay yeah okay. so so someone will get you should, something you should just go full i i, I love this because i'm not part of it so i can just say junk like this and everyone's gonna hate me including my bird uh, but you just go full evil overlord, and if you win, just no one gets anything. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like you're the Bowser of the race. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for it. Um, Spotty on Floatplane asks paid vacation. It's not vacation if you're not paid. That's just yeah. that's just calling in sick. I don't know, like it's... yeah. Uh, so yeah, it should be, should be really fun. Um, so everyone was allowed to take home their copy of the game. We got four of them. Everyone was allowed to take it home for the weekend. So you can bet that I will be practicing. I Why think don't it's... you guys do multi-channel? Like you, you could do a quick unboxing and look on short circuit. You could do something on channel super fun where like, there's like two teams or something and you have like three hours and you have to try to mod the 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 racer to make it go faster or something and then have a drag race so that it's like not a, as much of a time investment then you can have the big content on ltt like yeah. you don't have to it doesn't have to be one thing that's true we probably wouldn't do the channel super fun because we've got some sure. kind of big ideas for that but you're probably okay. right we probably should just do a short circuit unboxing and then follow it up with the mario one see if we can kind of like build some momentum you know, like, hey, come see this over on LTT. Make sure you don't miss it. Because, like, by the way, in a week or something, we'll have a deeper dive coming on the main channel. Like, yeah. that's, I, I think that would be cool. And I would probably just watch both. That's a pretty good idea. Um, We should probably talk about our sponsors for the show today. Kind of got ahead of ourselves there a little bit. Hey, so the show is brought to you today, ladies and gentlemen, by... Uh, what is this? Uh-oh. What? Oh, okay. PCB Way. Apparently, we don't have a link to put in our lower third, but that's okay. PCB Way provides high quality PCBs for prototyping and low volume production. All the PCB manufacturing and assembly is done in house, saving time and cost. And every board goes through strict quality assurance, such as flying probe tests, x ray inspection, and automated optical inspection. There are zero hidden costs, and they offer 24 hour customer service. And PCBs start from $5 for 10 pieces, with new members getting a $5 welcome bonus to help cover their first order. Check out the link in the description description to learn more what are you looking at me yeah you're like looking oh probably the bird got it and pulseway brought to you by pulseway are you in it 
Well, if you are, Pulseway has a virtual quiz night for you full of questions, fun, and memes. It's happening on October 29th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and I am going to be co-hosting the event alongside Edgar, Pulseway's Director oh. of Marketing. So you can answer questions and collect points, and the person with the highest score wins. Unless there's a draw. Then we go to the tiebreaker. It's a super interactive community, so you'll be able to chat with other system admins and IT professionals, and there's lots of prizes to be won, including some swag from the one and only LTTstore.com. Nice. You can learn more at the link in the video description and register for free at lmg.gg slash pulsewaywebinar. Not going to lie, when you said you're going to be co-hosting it alongside Edgar, I was like, PewDiePie's dog? No. And the show is also brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Stop carrying around pointless items in your pocket, like receipts, old hotel room keys, or spent gift cards. Ridge Wallet helps you carry less. It uses two metal plates that are bound by a strong elastic band to keep your cards tightly together but still accessible. They're RFID blocking, they offer a lifetime guarantee, and they're available in aluminum, carbon fiber, and titanium. And Ridge Wallet has all kinds of stuff. They've got battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. And you can use offer code LINUS to save 10% on everything at ridge.com slash. Linus. Linus. What? I'm, I'm just I'm fooling around. <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, why don't you tell us about the AMD motherboard with a soldered on A9 9820? Yeah. What is this thing? This is weird. I apparently it showed up on I think it was Alibaba. Okay, um, and I, as far as I know, it is supposed to be the Xbox One SoC, which is which is weird. Um, I, I don't know why you would really want this so much anymore. Like um, an Xbox One S, like not a Series S. Yeah, not a Series S. So what, Microsoft just like a bunch of these chips fell off the back of a truck? And so you can... Like, I don't even understand what I'm looking at here. Like, because the Xbox One S and One X use GDDR memory. So does this chip that would have been custom built for those consoles, does this chip also support regular, what looks like DDR4? Sorry, I, I can't actually tell immediately from the notch here. Quite surprising. Uh, okay, so sorry, walk us through what, what else is going on here? DR3. Luke dead. It's weird. It's weird. I, 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 no, I thought I had said something just a second ago, but, um, it's, I, I don't, I don't get not only why it exists, but why you would really want it. <laughs> so what is it though? seems to be what eight jaguar cores then um with an amd r7 350 gpu okay um maybe it's intended for like i i i, <laughs> I don't know i'm really i'm really struggling here because uh you're i think you're muted or something luke i'm trying to get my bird to go away i'm sorry <laughs> no worries do you want me to just talk through this one? No, you're good. You're good. I, I, it, it's, it's weird. I, I think the ultimate answer is like people don't really know, because um, there's, there's debate about what it is. There's some theory that it could be the, the SOC, but uh, the RAM thing is weird. Like, why would it exist in this configuration? Like, may, maybe this is the board that they used in the, um, 
ah, oh, what what are those called? The like the like dev boxes that people get before the console comes out. Um, like maybe this is the board they were using in that for some reason. Uh, that that could explain the RAM thing. Like maybe this is just a really early version and they hadn't they hadn't fully converted it over yet. I don't know, but um, yeah, un- unless some official information comes out and is like, yes, this is definitely that. I could see some people wanting to like collect it for that reason. But outside of that, like I, I don't. Why would you, why would you want this? Yeah, um, there's this Chewy Aerobox mini PC that uses a very similar motherboard to the Xbox One S. Um, so, you know, that's an example of what someone might do with a product like this. Like maybe they would try to, you know, build like a weird knockoff console or something. I mean, given how bad AMD's Jaguar cores are by modern standards, it, I, I would not expect performance to be very good at all. But, um, like there's, there's comments on this article of the, the Chewy Aerobox. Like one of the first comments is given how God awfully the Jaguar based AM1 chips aged, I'd avoid this like the plague. <laughs> with and that I think said, I think that's fairly well said. With that said, it's 125 US dollars for a motherboard CPU and GPU. I mean, the CPU and GPU ain't anything special, but you always got to look at things within the context of what else you can get for that price. And you're looking at some pretty aging hardware for like... That, that's it, man. You got to get one. You got to do a build with it. Oh, oh, we've already got this on order. 100%. 100%. Like, we're, we're going to try it. I bet the power consumption is just like terrible. Yeah, I, I don't... I, yeah, I don't... I would I would just go used at that point. Like if I was trying to build a, a a cheap computer, I would just go used and probably get better stuff anyways. Um, do you guys want to hear a uh, a really weird conspiracy theory that I kind of feel like I shouldn't even talk about because I'm pretty sure it's nonsense. Uh, let let's have a look here though. So this is posted by Spartaman64 on the forum. A redditor claimed Nvidia's Russia branch canceled the 30 series launch and scalped the GPUs instead. Um, (laughs) According to the post, the Russian NVIDIA store, like many others around the world, sold out entirely within moments of going live. Except it wasn't actually sold. The launch was allegedly canceled before any cards were sold with um, this user. uh, Okay, so this is over on NVIDIA.com being told that it was due to production failures with an indefinite wait Let's go ahead and pull this up here. Yep, there you go. Tech mob. I think all the Russian customers need an official explanation right now. Okay. What else is going on here? According to photos on Russian social media, the address the cards were shipped to matches the address of NVIDIA's Russian distributor, D-House, on launch day. Uh, This, combined with inappropriate call-outs and bragging on social media, has led to claims that NVIDIA's Russian arm or their distributors cancelled the launch in order to provide influential or simply high-paying customers with the cards at the expense of everyday customers in Russia. There's a lot of he said, she said going on here, and NVIDIA's official response is, and this is machine translated from Russian to English, friends. At the moment in Russia, as in the rest of the world, the demand for GeForce RTX 30 products significantly exceeds the available volume of goods. I'll stop that now. NVIDIA's online stores worldwide operate in reduced functionality mode, and we're working with partners to improve product availability in the coming weeks. We will share all the necessary information in our community. Stay tuned for updates. Thank you for your patience and understanding. 
Okay. Um. Hmm, the thread and threads like it look like they've been subject to vote manipulation via bots. So this is this is a proper mess. Whether or not this actually happened is yeah. definitely remains to be seen, and it's uh, possible we will never actually find out exactly what went down. Unless it's proven true, I, I think if 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 it's not proven true, it'll always just be this like weird thing that was. I don't I don't suspect it will be proven false. In other big news, uh, OnePlus co-founder Carl Pei has left the company. Uh, the statement said, after nearly seven years at OnePlus, I've made the difficult decision to say goodbye. Pei, who co-founded OnePlus in late 2013 with Pete Lau, has been the public face of the company since its launch and played an instrumental role in designing the OnePlus smartphone lineup over the years and also uh, how the uh, company marketed itself. Android Central speculated earlier this week that Pei was leaving the firm because of an alleged internal power struggle between him and Lau. So Lau took an additional role as senior vice president at Oppo. Um, BBK Group owns Oppo, Realme, OnePlus, and Vivo. And OnePlus has always avoided questions about its ownership structure. They kind of uh, branded themselves as like a scrappy underdog, even though it like didn't make any sense because no scrappy underdog can make a phone at a reasonable price. And they like weren't for sure. <laughs> Pei has said that he left the company because OnePlus has been his singular focus for the last seven years. It says he's looking forward to taking some time off to decompress and then he'll figure out what to do next. Um, I actually uh, kind of, just my very limited experience with OnePlus, I kind of wonder if there's some truth to Android's uh, central speculation because I actually dealt with Carl almost exclusively as the face of the company up until I would say about one and a half, two years ago. And then all of a sudden there was like a big sort of thing about uh, Pete Lau doing his first keynote in English. And then he, all of a sudden it went from Carl being the only one who was at events to Pete was the only one at events. And then now Carl's gone. It's like, yeah, okay. That sounds about right. Um, but given that they've never really been very transparent about their their management and their ownership structure, I don't think we'll ever get a better idea of what exactly went down over Our there. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds credible enough to me, though. Anything else you really wanted yeah. to get to this week? There is one thing that I would really like to get to this week. Um, not not only am I interested, but I feel like if I didn't bring this up, um, oh. then the line of sight tips full plane users would would disown me. Um, the you applied at Amazon story. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I will get to that in a moment. First, I have to give an update on the Drive Savers um, drama. Cool. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I I do I do have to do that. So last week. Basically, what I said was, hey, look, I haven't talked to Jessa, who claimed that DriveSavers took credit for her uh, innovative workaround with an Apple speaker IC that allowed a frozen phone to be temporarily booted, all the data to be recovered, and then restored to functionality through a reset. Uh, she claimed that DriveSavers took credit in our sponsored video for her solution to that problem. And I basically said, okay, so I'm finding out about this now. I haven't spoken with Jessa, um, but obviously that's a pretty serious allegation. Uh, here's what she said. Yeah. Here's what DriveSaver said. Um, 
you know, right now it's he said, she said, so I, I can't really take a take a position here. Um, what I did do in the week since the last WAN show is reach out to Jessa. She actually posted on our forum and I basically said like, hey, look, um, the, yeah, these are, these are pretty serious allegations and um, it looks like you've got a pretty compelling story here. But what I need in order to take real action on this is, is some kind of proof um, that what you say is true and what they say is not. So what she's done is she's created a video about sort of the the points um, of DriveSaver's position on this that she disagrees with. She's also created a post on the forum, which we're going to have linked at the bottom of the video. Uh, sorry, unfortunately, I don't have it there now. So I'm going to add it right now, and I'm going to see if that actually updates. I'm going to have it right above where the timestamps are going to be. There you go. Uh, I've got that on YouTube and, oop, no, I don't have an easy way to update it on Floatplane right now, but I'll, I'll add it later. I'll add it later. No, I won't because there's no Ancho Archive. doesn't matter. The point is uh, there's a link on YouTube to her post over on the forum where basically, in a nutshell, I don't have any, there's no smoking gun, but I would say that there is a lot of circumstantial evidence if you kind of get what I mean. So there's no there's no silver bullet. There's no like, hey, this is the text message that they sent to me admitting that they stole my technique. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of claims that DriveSavers has made that don't seem to quite add up with respect to their in-house capabilities compared to the capabilities of third party contractors that they use. And it just kind of leads us to believe that um, you know, there there may be something to Jess's story. So as for what I'm going to do, um, so far we haven't heard from Drive Savers with any definitive proof one way or the other. And we haven't heard from Jessa with any definitive proof one way or the other. So what we're going to do is we're going to leave the video up, but we're going to do something that we are able to do under extremely um, uh, sort of exceptional circumstances and we are going to uh, replace the video that is there with one that has an edit in it during the time when I'm talking about this technique that basically has text at the bottom that says Jessa Jones uh, from iPad Rehab says that this is actually her technique and we're going to have a link in the video description to where you can read through um, you know her statement about you know why, uh, why you should believe her side of the story. And then what we're going to do moving forward is honestly, I just can't deal with this kind of, uh, he said, she said nonsense. Um, my life is a drama free zone. So if I can't, um, if I can't operate under an assumption that sponsors and members of the community are all able to be straight with me, uh, then we're just not going to work with any data recovery companies moving forward at all. Um, you know, I just, I have no way of validating who's telling, fair. yeah, I, I have no way of validating just a hundred percent unequivocally who is telling me the truth. And this is one of those things that I just cannot afford to have our company dragged through the mud over because someone is being disingenuous. So that's, um, that's my commitment. I've already told that to uh, Jessa and, um, I've asked, um, I've asked the business team to pass that along to drive savers. Um, I've already, I told Jessa actually that I might make one exception for that. Um, 
or two exceptions, I guess. I told her that I would be open to doing a collab. So not promoting her business or, or drive or device recovery, you know, or anything like that, but just YouTuber to YouTuber. I'd love to do a collab, like maybe just fixing something together. Um, kind of like what we did with Lewis Rossman in the past. And then if Deep yeah. Spar ever came back to us and wanted to do another video, I think we would work with Deep Spar again, just because there was, there was zero drama. Um, they're fantastic. They're so cool. Um, I love what they do. Um, and the, the feedback from our community was overwhelmingly positive for the tool that we were promoting last time we worked with them. Uh, it was a tool that basically used like, um, a cloud connection where, because you can only, like, you can only test the characteristics of so many failing hard drives. A hard drive has to fail in order for you to, uh, in order for you to perform analytics on it and, you know, observe its behavior. So what DeepSpar built was this tool that uh, you can use to take like a, uh, like to record the characteristics of the failing drive that you have or the failed drive that you have and compare it to other drives that were failing or failed and help you determine what the problem is. And then it would add that data to their collective data on their servers so that other people could benefit from it, making it like kind of a uh, 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 a tool that gets better and better the more people in the data recovery community use it. It was like super cool idea. And apparently it ended up selling really well. Our feedback from our community was really good. So we, we would work with them again. But beyond that, we're just we're just not going to do it anymore. I don't need that drama in my life. It feels almost like, uh, I, I don't even remember their names, but those two brothers that just like make fake drama on YouTube constantly. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to say their names. I heard if you say that in too much, they appear. They have three times in the mirror. That way, that, that the other thing too is that as long as I don't mention any names, then uh, I have plausible deniability for it being any two brothers. So, yeah, uh, two true. two brothers, and there's grandmas, and they fight them, and there's a ah, meteor coming towards the earth. <laughs> two two brothers. Yeah, should be should be fine. YouTuber drama is probably much more interesting to YouTubers than to LTT viewers, uh, says Last Digit of Pi. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yep. Um, no, it is not like the old annotations. So we would have to, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Uh, wait, what? Why is LTT's name ruined? What are you guys even talking about in Floatplane chat? I think, I think we're okay. What? I think on? we're, uh, I, I think we're, I think we're pretty good. I think we're pretty good on, uh, on that. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Other than I should probably have a look at a couple of super chats. I saw a couple of big ones come in. I need to make sure I at least hit those. Al Baker says, many WAN shows ago, Linus asked whether he should play Final Fantasy VI with a mod, which both fixes bugs and ups the difficulty. Uh, yeah, I played through about half the game. Um, it was okay. It was different. Um, yeah, it was all right. Wait, are you starting super chats? Yeah. No. What? Why Linus can't? applied at Amazon. Line of supply at oh, Amazon. Oh, right. Line of supply at Amazon. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So back when I had already decided to leave NCIX, but I hadn't actually, I think the way the timeline goes is that I hadn't actually told them that I was going to be leaving yet. Um, I wanted to explore my options so that I would have some idea of how strong my negotiating position was going to be because my plan. I had already sought legal advice to determine whether or not the Linus Tech Tips channel could be argued belonged to me. Right. Um, I was going to make the argument that it's 
in my name and therefore was treated um, at NCIX as sort of a personal project. I was going to make the argument that I did a lot of the work on it on my own time. Uh, I informed the lawyer that I uh, was compensated for that time, but not at like an above minimum wage rate necessarily, um, because the amount that I was compensated for per video was like, I think accounted for like maybe an hour and change of time, but a lot of the videos took much, much longer than that. Yeah, Plus, if it wasn't significantly better than mine, then it, then it, <laughs> it wasn't very good. Yeah. So... Um, basically, I gave a lawyer all this information. They went, no, I think with all that in mind, it's the intellectual property of NCIX. You you have no real claim to make here. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I mean, it was worth finding out. Um, so what I had decided was I wanted it and I needed to figure out a way to, uh, uh, what what chips I could offer in return. And I thought that if it was as simple as okay, well, you can either give it to me or I can go work for your competitor. Um, they would give it to me. And the way that I saw it, because you know, one of my ideas for uh, surviving back then was that NCIX should um, revise their business model to be more like, actually very similar to what Amazon does with their, with their drop points now. Or I forget what they're branded, where you just like have something shipped to like a Dropbox and I you just go pick local. it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Local pickups. Um, I wanted NCIX to shift to a model where we had like these little tiny hole in the wall stores that were basically not a storefront at all. Like we could have a service section if we wanted to, because that's fairly lucrative, even in a small town. And then just kind of like a, a small warehouse in the back. And then we would only stock like the two most popular items from each category. So if someone really did want to come in and configure a custom computer, then you could configure a custom computer as long as it used Kingston RAM in this speed and one of two capacities and like you know, you know what i mean like it's like probably mostly just beneficial to the service center so that they have something to like throw in when they pretty need much to do and then other than that we would just have trucks that went back and forth across the country so that every you know two to three days um one of the one of the big warehouses would have a transfer going out to each one and people across the country would be able to get items um in just like a couple of days without paying for shipping because it would be, we would just kind of absorb that as part of our cost of doing business. Uh, apparently they're called Amazon lockers. So anyway, that was one of my ideas. Um, NCIX didn't really seem to see Amazon as the big threat, which is hilarious to me now because Amazon is a monster uh -huh. in PC hardware, even though their site is horrendous for finding it. And um, so I thought that one of the things that I could do to strengthen my negotiating position and or just make sure that I was able to make money after I was no longer working at NCIX if they didn't ultimately give me the channel because I was going to leave no matter what was uh, to try to get a job at Amazon. And I, I knew from talking to people who had applied there that getting a job there was like not notoriously difficult. Um, there's like this whole long interview process and it's like a bunch of interviews and like they won't even look at you if you don't have certain credentials. And so... I did find a job that I thought was right up my alley and it was like a social media coordinator. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I mean, I, pff, I don't have the bachelor's degree that they say they want, but boy, do I ever have a fair bit of experience in social media, which remember guys, this was eight years ago. This was before, you know, every Zoomer and their dog had, you know, 
uh, a weird throwaway Instagram account where they repost memes with like, you know, a hundred thousand followers or whatever. Um, having yeah. social media, like, like proven social media success was kind of a big deal. And so I had, I had, uh, my Twitter account. I had, uh, these two YouTube channels that had significant followings and I applied and, um, I mean, that's kind of the end of the story. Amazon had an opportunity to hire me and did not even reply to my application, presumably because I didn't have the right credentials, even though if they knew what the right credentials were for a social media coordinator, they would have recognized them on my resume. In fact, if you look at my LinkedIn... Uh, LinkedIn I, I don't remember all the conversations from back then, there was a lot. Um, if you didn't get the channel, what would you have done? Would you have started a new channel? Right, so ultimately what I, what I had, what I told NCIX was that I would go to Memory Express, who I did have an offer from, um, or I would go move down south and I would go work at Newegg. And Newegg and Memory Express for, um, just sort of like emotional reasons, I think were a lot more effective anyway. Like, I don't think they would have understood that Amazon was the threat that it was. Yeah. Uh, and so ultimately we did get the channel. As for what I would have done if we didn't get the channel, oh man, um, I would have been okay. Uh, WD offered me a job a little while after with the team that I think ended up getting dissolved. So I don't know how long that would have lasted. But as for you guys, I, I don't know. I don't know what the heck you and Ed would have done. Yeah, Ed and I were kind of like suicide pacted on that plan at that point. <laughs> I think what we would have had to do is start the channel fresh, and we would have just had to eat a lot more macaroni and cheese. Honestly, I don't necessarily think it would have been that bad. The first man, we had two hundred thousand subscribers when we started. And 200,000 subscribers back then was a lot more than it is now. And I guess you probably wouldn't have been able to get away with like posting a video saying that you were going somewhere else. But I just, I think yeah. a lot of people would have followed is all I'm, I'm really saying. Um, like even back then, like the community was so much smaller and so much more tight knit. Like you'd see the same people commenting on videos across the board because videos really honestly didn't get that many views back then. That's true. And the forum would have helped us with that. But I think if I recall correctly, when we started the like it forum, definitely would have been harder, but yeah, we wouldn't have had the domain even. Like we wouldn't have had LinusTechTips.com. We'd have had to completely rebrand. And remember too that YouTube's discoverability was not as good back then. Like nowadays, we can start a new channel, make a video, and the fact that it has my face in the thumbnail, all of a sudden, instead of getting four views, it's getting forty thousand views because the algorithm knows. So it just wasn't that sophisticated back then. I think it would have been really tough. I, I, I think it would have been doable. I definitely, I, I agree with the like, we'd be, I don't remember exactly how you said it, eating macaroni or eating craft dinner or whatever longer, but I still yeah. think it would have been, I still think it would have been possible. Um, so if you guys want to see what my resume looked like that I, that I sent to Amazon, it's basically my LinkedIn profile. The one thing that's new now is that I have founder Linus Media Group Inc. And um, oh God, I don't even know what mine looks like. I haven't seen mine in so long. Yeah, so this is great. About. 
I am a self-driven social media enthusiast with extensive experience and success on YouTube. In the past seven years, I have built multiple channels that now total 2 million subscribers and 200 million views. Wow, Linus, that is, you know, that that's very impressive. Good job, young boy. Um, I'm actually inaccurate now. <laughs> rough. <laughs> I, I saw someone posted a tweet the other day that ended up getting a lot of traction where they said they, they updated their Twitter bio before they updated their LinkedIn. And that should say a lot about like what the current, like, uh, like hiring and recruitment space looks like. And I'm like, you yeah, know, I, yeah, to be honest, like I haven't heard the last time anyone cared about LinkedIn at all. You know what? I don't know because I get a lot of messages and stuff on LinkedIn from people that are like, "Wow, I had no idea how to get in touch with you," and I like I'm trying to get in touch with you here. And I'm like, what do you mean you have no idea to get in, how to get in touch with me? The email's literally on the about tab on the YouTube channel. Like, what are you talking about? Um, like so maybe, yeah. maybe you're still really big with a certain demographic or something. <clears throat> Boomers. Yep. <laughs> Because it was super popular around that time, like that that would have been 2012, 2013. and it was it was huge back then. Like, I mean, I, people thought it was very, it's very a, professional. It's a big business now, though. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Oh man, I love my I love my profile. I I, I put like the least amount of effort possible into my Linus Media Group entry. Linus Media Group is committed to what is this is committed to delivering fun engaging social media and video marketing solutions that's what i wrote seven years and 10 months ago and i have never touched it again <laughs> your, your, your ncx entries are like so long and well written out. I, I feel like i remember you and vaughn working on these uh no i did this uh i'm i'm going to be totally honest with you um I actually did this. Oh, I must have contacted Amazon after I had to, after I had told NCIX I was leaving then, because I remember working on this at work while I was just like checked out and had already told them that I was leaving. And my main job was just to like be there and answer questions for my replacements. So I didn't really have anything to do. So that, that you, must um, be the order of operations. Scroll down. Look at your publications section. Publications. Yeah. What are publications? You have to get below oh. education. You have to get all the way down the bottom. Three publications, <laughs> Fast As Possible, Linus Tech Tips, and NCIX Tech Tips. Look at the descriptions too, though. Fast, informative videos about technology. YouTube video blog sponsored by NCIX, developed and hosted by yours truly. Flagship YouTube channel for NCIX.com, developed, administrated, and hosted by me. What a nerd. Why am I such a nerd? <laughs> so we both have just like flagrantly false information on our LinkedIn. <laughs> I love that I have one recommendation, one single recommendation on LinkedIn from uh, yeah. from Taryn. So for those of you who don't know who Taryn is, I, I totally get it. You know, who is that guy? Uh, so he works at uh, he works as director of sales at Corsair. Uh, for North America, and he was my uh, so he was for the latter part of my NCIX career. He was like my boss, but then he was gone, and that was one of the reasons that I ultimately decided to leave because he was sort of a, a voice of sanity in the chaos. And the fact that he was gone, I was like, oh, that this sucks. Um, so yeah, he was the one who was there for the roast, and I had wanted him there not because his public speaking was amazing, as far as I knew. He did a great job though. 
Um, I had wanted him there just because I wanted someone who knew me as a as a young professional, and I use the term professional very loosely. Um, his his recommendation he wrote me on LinkedIn is very nice, though. It's more reflective of his later experience with me, I suspect. I remember him telling me at some point on like a business trip, like, you know, you need to learn to just shut up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Some peace and quiet would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just, I was just jazzed. I was like, yeah, we never hang out. He's like, yeah, well, why do you think that is? <laughs> now we do whenever we get a chance, but it's tough because he lives down in the States. That's funny. Oh, boy. All right, so let's do a couple more. Okay, hopefully the story lived up to your expectations. Let's do a couple more Super Chats. NPGRX says, in a YouTube story, you showed a 3090 Strix with an EK water block. Totally loved the look of the backplate. Uh, it, it was an EK one. It was a mirror EK one. Um, let's see. You're super blue, Luke. Uh, there's a comment from... Uh, yeah, I can't really do much about it. So. Yeah. All right, got it. Robert Mail says, join the LTT Minecraft server. Parkour Iron Rank challenges daily. Thanksgiving to Halloween from me. All right. Thanks, Robert. Parkour Iron Rank? What did he? What? Yeah, I'm, I don't know what it means. Do I look like I know how to play Minecraft? I'm like, <laughs> I'm in my mid 30s. <laughs> Ryland says, Linus, I wanted to say thank you to you and your team for all you do. Your videos helped me start my own small IT business at 16, helping out my hey. neighborhood. Hey, that's nice. freaking awesome. And yeah. I'm about st I'm starting my IT career in the US Army. Heck yeah, man. Uh Tiberius says Linus, when are you gonna make women's underwear for LTTstore.com? If I'm gonna waste yeah. money buying my wife underwear she won't wear, I might as well spend the money to support you guys. Okay. So we have tentatively greenlit the project. There's just no there's so many people asking about it'll be a small production run, but we're gonna put the work I, into it. We're gonna do I, it pretty much guarantee you it's going to sell out immediately we're we're going to do it we're going to do it um as uh actually i think i might have convinced yvonne to let me upload the vlog that we shot making that one-off pair that she has it's pretty funny because we cool. like made a lot of mistakes and stuff like that so Floatline. sorry floatplane exclusive floatplane exclusive i was actually going to put it on the linus cat tips channel i could put it up early oh, on floatplane though that works because i was thinking like where else would you put that yeah yeah but maybe maybe cat tips makes sense channel says about ways to support phone os is longer uh 15 fairphone 2 shipped with android 5.1 now has 7.1 despite no soc support and it has a beta for nine could mean support till 2022 to finance it the phone is super repairable spare equals revenue and a bit overpriced yeah that's a that's a fair way to attack that uh theorica says not much to say hope you and all at LMG are great. Oh, and FP is still upset Luke did not talk like a pirate when the bird was perched on his shoulder last week. Next time, R. What oh, do you think, Luke? Are you going to do it? Are you going to talk like a pirate? I'm really bad at that kind of stuff. Um, and it would probably be super annoying. Um, but I don't know. Maybe. My morning... It's, it's oh. been fun having the bird randomly come to visit me, but I don't want it to like take over the show. My Morning Woo says, my girlfriend finally gave me permission to build a new PC. I'm waiting for the Ryzen 5900X, and I'm going to pair it with an RTX 3080. You better get on that RTX 3080. Get, give it a, yeah, good luck. Ah. Uh, the Daily Dan says, can't you compromise on the pants and make regular pants that normal people will wear, but include an iron-on LTT butt patch for people like Linus? That's not a bad idea, Daily Dan. 
That's not a bad idea. Um, Jerry says, you know, Amazon has expert installation on their electronics, including computer hardware. Uh, what if you, unlike Lyle, build an entire PC this way? Uh, we had actually considered doing that. I can't get down to the States right now, and I don't think they offer the service in Canada. So, yes, it is actually on our list of stuff to do. It's just, it's really hard to do it right now. Uh, Alex, the psychotherapist, says, I wanted to say I'm a huge fan. I love your work. I hope you keep up the good work. What happened between you and Madrinus? It seems their whole company is going under. So I don't know anything about that drama. Um, Madrinus Coffee going under? I don't know. What, what is this? Backup of a, about Madrinus Coffee? Are they shop? Uh, cold brew coffee? Can you? Okay. As far as I can tell, you can just like buy stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I could be wrong. NCIX's site was up and running and you could like buy stuff up until the very end. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we didn't cut them off. I'll say that much, but we clearly don't get sponsorship from them anymore. So I guess they don't like us because we're bad people. I don't know. I, I don't know. Their, their Twitter's still active. Like, I have no idea. Ninth Prey says, why did you buy the domain ufdstore.com robbing UFD tech of their store? Seems a bit shady that you did that. Are you an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know UFD at all? Like there's Brett bought ufdstore.com and redirected it to LTT store. I didn't do that. Sheesh. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. Um, Live Bacteria asks, do you know who the Yogs cast are? Completely random question. I, I, yes, I've heard of them. There you go. Oh, oh no. Ugh. Hi. Oh, oh snap. Apparently we did buy it. Uh, okay. Well, that's good to know, but we have offered to give it to Brett. So whenever he wants it, we'll give it to him. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe we shouldn't do that next time. What did you buy? UFDstore.com. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, thanks, Nick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. What? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's man. funny. Yes. I still hey, badminton. Now, we, we are, uh, we are officially... We are officially a big enough company that like like that just happens and I the CEO have no freaking idea what's going on. Like this is why this is why I tend to be a little bit more forgiving, you know, when Intel has some scandal where the marketing people say something that the engineers obviously wouldn't agree with um cuz I'm like, yeah, it's probably just someone doing something and like People who know better don't know about it. Um, I, I believe that that's a thing that could happen. What a beautiful example. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh man. You and I both were like, Psh, that's dumb. <laughs> wow. I think I called that super chatter an idiot, even though they gave me like $5. <laughs> and that's what I get. Right. <laughs> and they were right. Oh, man. Get no. wrecked. I'm officially shady. All right, that's it for the show today. We'll see you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel, ladies and gentlemen. Consider oh, this man. my apology video for that big <laughs> yeah. awkward right there. All right. <laughs>
Help me out, Luke. You got to end this. Uh, bye. Sorry, forgot my standard thing. Oops.